Hello, Crossroads. Ah, so good. What a blessing. Love Pastor Tim. So honored, so blessed to be here with you. I want to give a huge shout out to those at St. Pete. I was blessed to be at that location, that campus this spring. Shout out to those in Mishawaka. I was blessed to be there uh, last Sunday. The people were great, the service was great, and uh, Mission Barbecue afterwards was pretty good as well. So <laughs> that was a great experience. I want to welcome all of you online, those at Drive-In Church. So grateful for the television ministry of Crossroads as well. I've been filling in in between lead pastors at uh, Racine Community Church in Racine, Wisconsin. Next Sunday is my last Sunday there. Then in August, I am starting an interim gig through the end of the year at least in Ottawa, Illinois. So I look forward to that. But uh, Racine has just become, you know, uh, those folks have become a part of my heart and life, and I think I've become a part of theirs, and uh, we're super excited for the new lead pastor. Uh, we're also, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I'll probably shed a tear next Sunday, as uh, I know I'll see them again, but uh, just have really grown to love and appreciate them. There's a couple that sits right on the front row, right down here, uh, every Sunday, uh, had lunch with them two weeks ago, Sunday after service. Uh, the husband is Bill, and during the course of lunch, I asked Bill about his spiritual kind of story and, and how he ended up at Racine Community Church, and he shared with me that uh, 20 years ago, uh, marriage uh, wasn't going great, life was okay, and he said on a Sunday morning, I was watching uh, television, I was watching a movie, and during a commercial break, I started to surf, and I came across a pastor who was speaking on television vision, and he said, uh, had never seen or heard such a thing, and it captured my attention, and he said at the end of that half hour, he prayed and he received Christ as his Savior, and he said his life has never been the same since. That was a transformational moment in his life. So, I say all that to say, thank you, Crossroads, wherever you're watching, wherever you are. I hope you understand that it's a real blessing. We are part, we are part of something much bigger than what we physically see. Whichever location, here at Goshen, Mishawaka, St. Pete, online, drive-in, television, we are part of a church that is making a significant impact, not only in this region, but far beyond the boundaries of even the state of Indiana. Last fall, Pastor Tim asked me to come and speak here at Crossroads for the best weekend ever. I felt so, uh, felt so at home, such a blast. I felt like I was with my people, my wife Terry, and I and our daughter Brooke had just moved from North Dakota. Terry and I both grew up in North Dakota and as Tim shared, uh, about 20 years ago, uh, we started a new church in our living room with just the three of us. And uh, last summer, we uh, had wrapped up our ministry in North Dakota and we moved to Kansas City, Missouri. We built a fabulous new house up on the north side. We were close to family and uh, less than two months later, here I am in uh, Elkhart at Crossroads. And uh, I, mean, I just gotta tell you, I had no clue what a Goshen or an Elkhart or a Mishawaka was at that time. I didn't know what an Essen House, a Shipshawana or Amish Crack was all about. <laughs> <laughs> but I had such a great time. 
Had a, such a great time with the Crossroads folks, with Pastor Tim. And so Monday, after I wrapped up the weekend in my rental car, driving from my hotel to the airport in South Bend, and I'm on the phone with my wife, and I casually asked her, you know, Terry, do you think someday ever, would you ever consider moving up this direction and coming back north again? And there was a moment of silence, and then I heard, and I quote exactly, John, I am not moving one foot north of where I am sitting right now. <laughs> if I never see another snowflake in my life, I will be just fine. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm glad to know what you're thinking. I'm totally fine with that. And I certainly see no reason to ever bring that subject up again. <laughs> well, that was what, September? Fast forward uh, in December, actually. Uh, my wife and I both uh, do consulting work for pastors and churches. And Pastor Tim uh, gets a hold of Terry and asks her if uh, he could hire her as a consultant for 10 hours a week to work with the executive team uh, for the months of January through April and bring some alignment and some clarity and some of the stuff that Terry is brilliant at. And uh, about a month later, so that was January through April, at the end of January, we were in Florida, my wife and I, and we uh, were with uh, Tim and Dana Fisher, and we just had a great time. And Tim and I are in the car. We're actually driving from uh, Tampa over to the uh, St. Pete campus for Crossroads. And in that car ride, he says, man, John, I just thought I'd let you know Terry is doing an amazing job with the executive team. And just want to let you know, um, unless you object, I'm going to talk to her about moving up north and coming to work with us at Crossroads. <laughs> and in my mind, uh, my words were okay, but in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, Tim, you have a lot of wit, a lot of charm, and you are, you know, how, you love God and you know how to connect with people, but good luck with that one. <laughs> well, here we are. We've now lived in Elkhart, Indiana for three months. <laughs> So uh, we are thankful. Uh, we love being part of a church family. And uh, you're our family. Uh, we're a team. I believe the future is great. Terry is, is diving in, working with uh, uh, your staff and all of you. And, and uh, honestly, uh, I, I dream of a day. I dream of a day where Pastor Tim can really focus on the things that he's really good at. And there's just like this high power team that's just doing the things that they do. And Tim can just rock and roll it at the things that he's good at. And uh, uh, guys and gals, we're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. This is an amazing, amazing church. There's an amazing opportunity out in front of us. And so we are honored. We are having a blast. Uh, our daughter, I, I can't believe, we've literally uh, moved five times during a pandemic. We've moved in and out of apartments and out of a house and then into a house and out of a house. Uh, we sold a house that we kind of custom built after living there for only 10 months. And we did that because we believe in the mission of this church, believe in Pastor Tim and what God wants to do here in our lives. So thank you for inviting us and including us. Terry and I, our family, we are radically committed to obeying the mysterious movement and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And at the core of who we are as individuals and as a family is a commitment to connect one more person with Christ and a church family. 
We don't want anyone to miss out on the incredible invitation and the adventure that Jesus Christ has for them. And so we are super blessed and we are thrilled to be a part of the Crossroads family. So, I don't know about you, but man, I'm loving this series on fruits. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. It's not vegetables of the Spirit. That would be nowhere near as attractive as fruit of the Spirit. Ever since I was a kid, I've loved fruit. Raspberries, strawberries, peaches, plums, nectarines, watermelon, cantaloupe. I, I would just consume fruit as a kid growing up. In fact, several times, I can remember specifically twice. One was uh, uh, strawberries, the other one I think was watermelon, but I ate so much fruit in such a short time that I broke out in a rash. <laughs> so that wasn't a good thing, but if the fruit of the Spirit is so alive in my life that I break out in a rash of kindness and goodness and faithfulness, I'm okay with that. So why don't you read this with me, Galatians chapter 5. This has been the section of Scripture that we've been in, and we've got a few more weeks as we go through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So read this out loud with me, Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There are no rules. <laughs> There's nothing that can conquer the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, think about this with me for just a minute. I, I can understand this. There are people that object to church. They object to organized religion. They, object, they have objections to God and to the Bible. But if you were to go around your neighborhoods, your work settings, and you asked every person if they would like more of this fruit in their life, who would say, no, 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 I don't need that. No, 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 no. The last thing that I want is more love, joy, and peace in my world, man. I wake up every morning hoping there's more rage and hatred, anger, conflict. Man, that's what our marriage needs is more conflict. That's what our neighborhood, that's what our country needs. No, I don't want any patience. Man, I'm, I, I, every morning I wake up, I just hope I get short with people and just blast them out of the water for little or nothing. That, that's, that's what makes a great neighborhood. I mean, that adds a lot more pizzazz to our family picnics, doesn't it? I don't want self-control. I mean, who would want self-control? No, no, no. I just want to drink myself into the ground, sleep around with anyone I see, whether I'm married or not. I just want to eat my way into a heart attack. I mean, that's, that's a good life, man. Why would I want this fruit of the Spirit? Well, of course not. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. We all have some highlight moments. We all have some moments, I'm guessing. I know I do. We have some moments of our life where we could have used some love and some joy and some self-control. We have some lowlights in our life that we wouldn't want to be put up on these screens here in this auditorium. You know what's cool? The Bible says that in order to have more of this fruit, we don't need to work harder. We don't need to set goals and have an accountability partner or a business coach. We don't have to hire a trainer. Now, none of those things are bad, but for this fruit, this fruit, this fruit moves in and it grows up when our roots go deep in God. This fruit moves in and it grows up when our roots go deep in Him. When we go all in to the goodness that we just sang about, 
When we go all into the goodness and to the love of Jesus Christ, this fruit will flow out of us. Proverbs chapter 12. The godly have deep roots. You know, really, the heart of this series is how deep are your roots in the Lord? How deep? Are your roots getting watered? How deep do they go? And then Paul, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with this. This is a, this is a fascinating, fascinating statement that, that Paul, who was an early leader in the church and lived when Jesus did, and he wrote letters to a, a number of churches that he helped start. And one of them was in the city of Ephesus. So Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Do not be drunk with wine, with alcohol, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's just a fascinating statement. What does it mean to be drunk? It means to be under the influence of. So Paul says, rather than being under the influence of alcohol, rather than being under the influence of so many other things, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Rather than being under the influence of alcohol, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Jesus offers, it's up to you. I'm not here to force anything on you. But I do believe, based on observations of my life and thousands of other people that I've interacted with over my years, Jesus offers us by far the best opportunity. How about living our life 24-7 under the influence of the Holy Spirit? When we walk that way, when we live that way, when we breathe under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit will show up and will flow out. Now, you may not need that. I do. I, I need that in my home. I need that in my heart. <laughs> I need that throughout my life. It's the question that I would ask you. If you were to take a breathalyzer test, would you be convicted of living under the influence of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> now, uh, when Tim shared with me the, the theme for this message and the series a while back, and oh, about a month ago, I was thinking about this message, and I, I, I don't know, maybe this, I don't know, maybe this will make sense, or maybe like, I had no idea what that dude was talking about. But what came to my mind is, uh, if you get a number of DUIs in a certain number of time, I, I, I don't know, but I, I do know there is a device that they put on a vehicle that you have to breathe in to make sure that you aren't driving under the influence of alcohol, and if you are, your car won't start. Is anyone familiar with this concept? So I was thinking about it. Now, your car won't start if you're under the influence of alcohol. What if you and I had such a gadget on our car that our car doesn't start unless we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Wouldn't that just be fascinating? And, and what if, like, when we came home, you know, after work, or, or those of us in school, that, you know, before you can go into that school building, you, you have to breathe into a breathalyzer. And unless you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you can't open up the door to your house, your apartment. Can you imagine how healthy our homes would be? 
Can you imagine how healthy? What about if you're going into that tense meeting at work and you, got, you have to breathe into a breathalyzer to make sure you're living under the influence of the Holy Spirit as you head into that meeting and you make that big business decision? Wouldn't that just be amazing? I mean, wouldn't it be just great if throughout our day we kind of had to take this Holy Spirit breathalyzer test <laughs> in order to keep moving forward? So... If the Holy Spirit wants to bring this fruit, this fruit into our life and wants it to grow up and to flow out, why are you hesitating? Why are you stalling? Why are you like a, a, like a running back for the Notre Dame fighting Irish and you're like stiff arming the defenders? Why are you stiff arming the Holy Spirit? No, no, no. You know, God, you, you can come into this part of my life, but don't mess with my relationships. Don't, don't, don't mess with my career and don't mess with my money. No, 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 no. That's mine. And so we, we sometimes God is like, uh, you know, this big old pile of mashed potatoes and gravy. And we see God as like the salt or pepper. We just want to sprinkle a little, little bit of God in our life. You know, just add a little pizzazz, a little bit of flavor. But what if, what if God was actually the first things on our plate? What if that steak and potatoes was actually our relationship with God? And we lived under the influence of the Holy Spirit. What if you and I simply embrace and live under the continual outpouring of the Holy Spirit? It's like I, I take long showers. And I, I'll start spinning around in the shower and thinking about stuff next thing, 10, 15, 20. So yeah, I know, I, I'm bad for the environment, I know. But what if we live our life and we just stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Man, I, I don't want to get out of step with God. So God, I, I trust you in every area of my life. I'm all in. I'm all in. I don't know about you, I need this in my life. You may not. You may be like, no, John, I'm good. I got it figured out. I'm living life my way. <laughs> How's that working out for you? I've learned, man, when I live life my way, I make a mess of things really, really quick. And so today we do want to talk about goodness. Goodness. So what is goodness? Well, we've talked about some outward fruit. We talked about patience. Last week, kindness, goodness is an outward fruit. Goodness is love proving. It's deep, it's wide in its activity. It's, it's not just one emotion or a single moment or just a good word or a good action. It's a lifestyle of holiness, holy living, completely and continually under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, at a funeral, we'll share good memories and good things about the person who passed. <laughs> oh, he was a good man. Oh, she was a good lady. Oh, at a funeral, if you've noticed, people get gooder and gooder. <laughs> what does that really mean? Oh, she was a good lady. Often it doesn't mean anything. What it means is humanly, as we evaluate their life, we've determined that there at least wasn't enough bad and we want to remember the good. <laughs> and so we say, oh, they were a good person. 
When we say he was a good man or a good lady, what does it mean to God? It doesn't mean anything, nothing. Well, that's a tough scripture, Romans chapter three. As the scripture says, no one is righteous. Our hearts aren't right. Apart from God, our hearts aren't right. Not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed something over the years. Me as well. There are times I wish I had an eraser and I could just erase certain pieces of scripture. <laughs> some pastors, some churches, some Christians do that. They kind of pick and choose. Ooh, I like this and I think I'm living that so that's when I get my highlighter out. And when a scripture confronts us, we want to get an eraser out. No, 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 I, I don't know. Seems harsh. Last week, Pastor Tim mentioned this and, and, and I'm gonna use it again today. If you've hung out with a two-year-old, the two-year-old has two words that they say much more than any other word. Do you know what they are? No. And mine. So we've got two children. Uh, our son's 24, he's married. He and his wife uh, are in Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, daughter Brooke is 13. She and I are gonna be flying out there in 10 days to Colorado to, to visit them and we can't wait. Uh, when our son was young, more than with Brooke, uh, I think it got uh, probably got old, but we had a blast with Nate when he was a two-year-old. Like a bill would come up in the a bill would come in the mail, and we'd be like, "This is my bill, no mine." <laughs> and then we would be like, "Do you want a car like a brand new, you know, Jeep when you turn 16?" No. <laughs> you want me to give you a million dollars? No. <laughs> so we had a lot of fun. We used to ask him questions that you would never say no to, and you would never say mine. And I don't know. Apparently, it was just our family. We had a lot of fun with it, though. <laughs> you know what I've learned over life? Maturity doesn't have anything to do with how old our birth certificate is. And spiritual maturity has nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian. It has everything to do with obedience. And we're pretty savvy. What happens is the older we live, the longer we live, we're just a little more sophisticated at saying, no, mine. <laughs> a lot of people are still in many ways like a two-year-old. They're saying, no, 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 God, no, God. This is mine. This is my money. It's my time. It's my car. It's my lake place. It's my business. <laughs> They're saying, no, leave it alone. It's mine. It's mine. This is exactly my opinion what Paul and God is talking about in Romans chapter 3. God's evaluation of the human race, it's pretty straightforward. He doesn't pull any punches. God tells it like it really is. Apart from him, no one is good. Our hearts say no, mine. Everyone is like a diseased tree, a polluted well. There are heart issues. There are rotting roots. We are selfish by nature apart from God. Is there any hope? Oh, absolutely. If we go back to Romans, Romans chapter 7, Paul says, I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law. I love his word with all of my heart, but there's another power within me. It's, it's at war with my mind. 
This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will flee me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Let's pray and go home right at that point. No. Some pastors, perhaps, some people will stop the scripture right there. No, 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 no. Paul says, thank God. The answer is not blowing in the wind. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus said these words recorded by a doctor named Luke who lived when he did. Luke chapter six, a good, true, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. A bad tree can't produce good fruit. An apple tree does not produce oranges. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes. Grapes are not picked from a bramble bush. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say, what you do, the ways of a man or a woman, a child or a teen, flow from what is in our heart. This is exactly why we say goodness is more than emotion. It's more than a single word, a single action, or a single moment. Goodness is the sum total of our character. It's the summation of the work of the Holy Spirit deep within our hearts. Goodness naturally overflows from a pure heart, a heart that isn't wandering aimlessly, but a heart that is living 24-7 under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Our challenge, our challenge of course, is that we can easily focus on putting up a good front. Now, I'm from North Dakota. Can you tell by my accent, North Dakota? And I'm sure this doesn't happen in Indiana is my guess. But perhaps, just in case, Growing up in North Dakota, there are times where parents will say to their kids, don't embarrass me, put up a good front, don't cheat at school, don't lie to your boss, don't end up in the newspaper. And in North Dakota, perhaps not in Indiana or in Florida, but the, 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 the words that we hear is, don't worry about your heart, but just make sure that everything's good on the outside. And so what do we do? We act a certain way. Oh, that's my church friends. Better not swear. But at work, when I'm around the guys, woohoo, boom, here it goes. In certain, certain groups and certain times of the week, I act one way. And with, when I'm with other people, I act another way. Because I want to make sure that I act good and don't embarrass anyone, Right? So we're careful to control our tongue or rein in our anger around some people and we're reckless when we're around other folks. And Jesus says, you know what? What's in your heart is gonna flow out. The real you will show itself. Just like you'll know a tree by its fruit. You can't get fresh water out of the ocean. What's in your heart will show itself. So how do we live under the influence of the Holy Spirit and put goodness into practice? One last scripture. Going back to Luke chapter six, Jesus said, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens, and then follows. 
It's like a person who builds a house who digs deep. <laughs> the godly have deep roots and lays the foundation on a solid rock. When, not if, but when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it will stand firm because it's well built. <laughs> but anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who built a house without a foundation. When, when the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. We live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces goodness when we practice a lifestyle of obedience. That's how we stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. We live in a, in, with humility, a lifestyle of obedience, a lifestyle of surrender, and a lifestyle of holiness. And when we do, and when we do, we are a reflection of Jesus Christ. We're a reflection of Jesus Christ in our homes, when we're making that big business decision, <laughs> when we're hanging out with our buddies in a pontoon boat at the lake, we are a reflection of Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are miniature Jesuses in our world. Wow, what an opportunity. What an opportunity. Hey, have you ever passed a business or a hotel or a restaurant and it says now under new management? And that's pretty cool, now under new management. Have you also ever passed a business or a restaurant and it says now under new ownership? I've been thinking about that. I need God not to be my manager. I need God to be my owner. I would love John Hauser now under new ownership. Not manager, I'm not trying to manage my behavior. <laughs> I'm not asking God to manage me and throttle me. No, I wanna live in freedom. I want the fruit of the Spirit to just grow up within me and flow out of me as my roots grow deep into Him. I wanna be under new ownership. So I just wanna close before I say a word of prayer. I just thought it'd be good to just take a little Holy Spirit breathalyzer test. Is there any area of your life where you're hesitating to obey the invitation, the leading of the Holy Spirit? Is there an area of your life that you're saying, no, mine? You're scared to death to say, God, may your will be done. Is there an area of your heart where you haven't gone all in? Where you're hesitating, you're stalling? Okay, God, you can come into my kitchen, you can come into, well, at least part of my living room, but stay away from my television. And stay away from my garage. Stay away from my bedroom. So you can come into part of my house, part of my life. Now, I'm not talking about a vague area, but is there a specific area where you're hesitating? Today, Jesus is inviting you to surrender, to live with open palms to receive all that he has for you, to offer all that you are to him. And say a word of prayer. I learned many years ago as a pastor, I, I don't speak to tens of people, hundreds of people, or thousands of people. I, I speak to one person, one person. And so all week long I've been saying, God, if there's one person, whether they're online or 
in Goshen or in another location, if there's one person that you wanted to speak to, if there's someone that's hesitating and stalling, living a life fully surrendered, fully committed, in full and complete obedience to the mysterious movement of the Holy Spirit, will you give them the courage to live their life with open hands, to receive and to offer you? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say a word of prayer for us and, and I'm going to pray with open hands. And as I pray, if, if you want to live your life, completely and totally under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to ask you to hold your palms up like this so that you can receive all that God has for you and let him know that you're offering all that you have, all that you ever hope to be to him. Let's pray. Jesus, these are amazing, amazing people. I know there's something going on spiritually that they are listening, they're watching, they're participating, they're they're in the room. And so God, right now, we offer you all that we have, all that we ever hope to be. All that you've given us is a gift. And so we want to completely and totally and humbly surrender to you. It's the wisest decision that a human heart can ever make. Intellectually, it makes a lot of sense. And so God, I pray that all throughout Crossroads Community Church, <laughs> all of the reach of this church, wow, can you imagine what the years to come could look like if a whole bunch of people live all in, completely and totally surrendered. Man, how our lives, our influence could expand and make an impact all around the nation. <laughs> and so I thank you. I thank you that you saw something in each and every one of us, that you've not given up on us. Your word continues to draw us closer to you. And so Jesus, I am so grateful for the hearts that are being changed this morning, throughout this week. Thank you for this church. I pray your blessing upon these people. Terry and Brooke and I are so blessed to be a part of the Crossroads family. <laughs> Thank you, God, for inviting us to be a part of what you're doing here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.